Tina Mills from Club Sandwich Consulting presented at our second Property Styling Network event. We recorded the video, which is now up on our YouTube channel, and we thought the information was so good that we'd upload the audio to the podcast as well. Some of the key takeaways we took from the presentation include how to determine whether someone is an employee or a contractor, having contracts and policies in place, how to set a good team culture, and the importance of feedback and communication. A massive thanks to Katina for making the time. If you got some value from this podcast, please make sure to let Katina know over on Facebook by searching Club Sandwich Consulting and on Instagram by searching at Club Sandwich Co. So um, I just wanted to get a bit of a feel for who we've got here um, around who might have people and who might not. Um, so who in, in the audience here is the business owner of their business? We can. Cool. <laughs> just starting out counts. <laughs> Um, and who has a team, whether it's contractors or employees, who has people that they need to look after? Okay, so we've got a few people in there. Um, of those people, who only has contractors? And then people that have employees? Okay, so we've got a bit, half and half. So we'll talk through a bit of those different things and some stuff will apply whether you've got contractors or employees and we'll talk through that a little bit as well. So a little bit about me or us. Um, so Club Sandwich started earlier this year because I was working in the HR industry, was getting a little bit um, frustrated, I suppose, with how some of the things were being done and wanted to be able to talk to people in a way that was a bit more human, considering it's called human resources, um, be able to work with people to, to get solutions that actually work for them and their business. Um, when you're hiring your first employee or you've got three employees, you don't necessarily need a massive policy suite and training and a whole lot of things that big businesses have. So being able to look at what do you actually need in your business realistically to cover your risk and to be able to get the the best experience for you and for your people. So that's, that's essentially what, what we're all about. So first up, I wanted to have a look at the employee versus independent contractor thing. Um, so in the recent budget, super exciting stuff, um, the, um, the, the, the current government has given $2.3 million, I believe, per year for the next three years or four years into um, the Fair Work Ombudsman to look into people who are sham contracting. So is sham contracting something that people have heard of before? Little bit, not so much. Cool. Um, so basically, sham contracting is when people are um, either being influenced into becoming a contractor um, when they don't want to be, or they should be considered an employee, but they're being encouraged to be a contractor. So essentially, they're not a contractor, but that's the arrangement that's being set up. So that it's basically, as the, the name suggests, it's a sham, and it's not how it's meant to be. Um, and so the government is, is really trying to crack down on that particularly amongst kind of vulnerable workers, which is a lot of you might have seen in, in the media around the migrant workers, particularly in kind of agricultural settings. Um, but it happens across lots of industries that businesses try to employ people or try to get workers in as contractors so that they don't fall into all of the other things that are associated with having an employee. So basically, there's not a very nice cut and dry, you're a contractor or, or you're an employee. There's kind of a sliding scale, which is what I've tried to demonstrate here. Um, and in the middle is a bit of a danger zone where we need to try and decide uh, where, where are we going to classify you. Some of that can be what's going to work best for you and your business. 
as well as how is, how is um, Fair Work and the ATO going to look at this for your situation and decide on where they should be positioned. Just because someone has an ABN and that they're happy to be paid using that ABN and invoicing doesn't mean that they should be a contractor. So there's a whole lot of factors to consider within that. I've put together a checklist that's on my website. There's a little pop-up at the bottom if you go onto that that you can download if you think that you might be in that situation where you need to consider if people should be classified as one or the other, then you can go on and have a look or you can chat to me as well. So a couple of the things that come into consideration with the, the independent contractor and employee relationship is does the, the, the worker, whether they're a contractor or an employee, do they have kind of overall control over their position? Can they decide when they do the work, how they do the work, and they're just expecting, you're expecting an outcome at the end? Um, or are you kind of dictating what they need to be doing throughout that process? Um, if they can subcontract that work onto somebody else, or obviously if you're more of an employee, the employer is expecting that the employee turns up and doesn't send somebody else in their place to, to kind of have that job for the day. Um, and there's a whole lot of other factors around if they can provide their own tools and equipment or if that's provided by the business. There's, there's kind of a, a, a very broad range of different things. So that's all included in the checklist. If you want to jump in there, don't want to harp on about it too much. Just want to cover off as well on the different employment types. So of the guys that have employees, how many of you have casuals in your business? So probably most of those. And then who has permanent staff of those? Okay, so less. Um, which is probably what I would expect in, in the industry that you guys are in, with things kind of fluctuating and depending on the jobs that you have going on. Casual can be quite a good opportunity for you to, to have that flexibility within your workforce. Um, the payoff, obviously, is that your workers also have that flexibility to say, no, I'm not available, or no, I don't want to work for you anymore. And so there's that, it's a little bit um, more transient both ways, not just from the employer side. Um, just one thing to note with casual employees is around if you have hired somebody and then they're working very regular hours, so if they might work Monday and Tuesday, nine to five, and they've done that for the last six months, we're starting to get into a territory where they could maybe be considered a permanent part-time employee. Um, and so it's just good to have a bit of a check-in and some modern awards have that kind of um, included within their awards that you have to consider at a certain point in time, whether that's six months or 12 months, whether the employee should be moved into a permanent arrangement. Um, and so that's something just to keep, keep an, uh, an eye on as well. Um, and it's not a requirement to change that, but the employee can request that they can change. So similarly with like a, a pay review, it's just a review. It's not a guarantee that, there's going, that it's going to happen, but they can request it. And as a business, you need to have a pretty good reason as to why um, that, that shift doesn't happen if they've been working those very regular hours and it could be considered that that would continue. There's actually been a case um, in the mining industry where an employee that was casual for quite a long time um, has been terminated and then made a claim for back pay of um, his permanent entitlements as annual leave and um, sick leave that he was, had taken um, because he kind of challenged that, well, really, I was a permanent employee. You would have just called me casual. So it's, it's a bit of a sticky situation and best to, to kind of check in with that fairly regularly to make sure that everything is okay and that everyone's happy in that arrangement.
What else did I want to say about this? Is everyone familiar with the, the kind of terms around a modern award or are you clear on what's, who of your people are covered by a modern award? Yeah, it is, yeah. And so I, I kind of had a bit of a look in the lead up to this as well as to where a stylist would sit. And from what I can see, kind of looking very broadly at what my understanding of the role is, is that it potentially is award free, which is a, an interesting kind of other world. So then it, there's, there's arguments around, is it miscellaneous or is it just not on an award? Um, and so I would probably want to have a chat with you individually about what particularly your stylists do or if there's other positions within your business, whether they might fit under um, the Clark's Award, which is kind of like an admin award or depending on what people are doing specifically, um, have a look at that. But yeah, it is one of those roles that and awards are very unhelpful. So when you say that it's not, uh, going under non award. Yeah. What are the risks of not having your employees under an award? Does it, don't awards kind of give you a bit of a ground? Yeah. Right? So, so an award gives you essentially like the set of rules that that you need to apply to um, dictating overtime rates and different allowances and things that might apply. Um, if they're award free, then just the national employment standards would apply, which there's only kind of ten of those, so a much smaller list. Um, and that's where the minimum wage comes in. So rather than the minimum award wage, it's just the minimum wage. And there's certain other um, requirements around public holidays and sick leave and annual leave and those things that everyone has access to. Um, and so when, when there's kind of a bit of a grey line, like if people are like, oh, we could sit on miscellaneous or we could not, um, definitely asking fair work is a great opportunity. And they're quite responsive and getting better and better. They've got online chat and things these days. They're kind of getting with the times. Um, asking them where they think someone would be classified and then saving that information to kind of pop that into your file to say, well, Fair Work said this is where they would, would be. Um, if Fair Work says, you know, gives the very broad answer, um, then potentially paying people or looking at the entitlements under the miscellaneous award and, and making sure you're at least meeting those minimums. Um, the miscellaneous award is fairly fluid and broad and flexible in what it has. It doesn't have anything too strange in there that, that kind of would be way above minimum requirements anyway. So um, if you're kind of not really sure, I would say probably work with the award and use that as a base so that at least you know if there's any other question, then you've got that covered, basically. Yeah, okay. Yeah, excellent. And it's great to be able to have that kind of record that you can get from them to be able to then keep. And if there's any challenge, then you've had that correspondence with them directly. Um, and the Fair Work website, if anyone's unfamiliar at this stage, if you don't have employees yet, it actually is a really good resource. Um, as a HR person, obviously, I can't be across all of the things for all of the people all the time. Um, so I use it quite a lot to get on and, and check bits and pieces to make sure there hasn't been any changes. And it is a really, really good resource to, to check back in on. Um, the other thing to just note with permanent full-time or part-time employees, if you're, if you're using a salary model, um, is that some awards as well have an annualised salary, some, some requirements that are changing around how you need to record those. Um, so there's some things coming in around making sure that you know when people start and finish and what breaks they're taking, so that at the end of the year that you can do a summary and make sure that they're actually paid above the minimum. 
Um, and so again, if that's something that might you think might affect you, then get in touch and we can dive into it a bit more because for most people it's not going to be relevant. Um, so we can chat further if you think that might be you. Just something to note. Um, is maximum term contracts or fixed term contracts anything that people are using or might be using in the future? Not really. Um, if you ever do, definitely just call it a maximum term contract. So the other way that you can talk about it is a fixed term, which essentially is what they say. So either it's a maximum of one year or it's a fixed one year. And so there's just some, some case law that comes up that says if it's a fixed term and then you need to terminate it at six months instead of a year, that there's some um, potential that that person could expect to be paid for the six months then that they haven't been able to work. Um, whereas maximum term is it's going to be the maximum of a year we might let you go at six months, is basically the understanding there. So that's all I'm going to say on that one. So very broadly looking at um, people and culture or HR strategy, um, when you're just bringing on your first employee or you're looking at having quite a small team, there's a whole lot of things that you can consider when you have um, people and culture within your business. Um, similarly to, to any other function within your business, when you're starting out, it's quite overwhelming of all of the different things that you could possibly have um, included. So I wanted to briefly talk about it in two areas tonight. So looking at compliance, which is pretty straightforward, that's the stuff that's the, the legal stuff, the stuff that you just want to have covered off so you don't have to worry about it every night. Um, and then culture, is the other side of things, and that's kind of the, the, the bit more of the fun stuff. In saying that, it's, it's not necessarily just the fluffy stuff. This is the stuff where your employee engagement comes in. This is where people kind of want to go above and beyond because they bought into a team that they're really excited to be a part of, um, and they want to do extra to be able to stay within that team. So I'll talk through a little bit about both of those as well. So... This one's always the really, the, the really fun stuff, the compliance. Um, so again, like I said before, whether you have an employee or a contractor, there's certain minimum things that you want to have in place. There's obviously the, the document that is tying you together. Um, so if that's an employee, it's the employment contract. If, you're, if you have a contractor, there's some kind of contractor agreement. Um, the extent to what these documents look like will depend on um, whether you download it off a free website online, um, whether you get a lawyer or an accountant to provide that information to you. Um, they're kind of very varied. I would always have something, um, whether it's an email that outlines some of your expectations of each other and what that might look like, if that's all you want to have in place, then having that is better than nothing. Um, but having something a bit more substantial is going to protect you more than having less. Um, position descriptions, again, is either similar for both. So you either want to have a, an idea of what you need people to be doing within your business um, so that you can then kind of measure back to that as, as to whether it's working out or not. It makes it easier then to have a conversation if someone's not working out as to where they're not working out if you've outlined that for them. Um, again, it doesn't have to be a big fancy document. It can be quite a simple list of this is what I need you to do. It might be something that you've put into your job ad, for example, that you could kind of pull out, put in a different letterhead, and then that could be a position description to start with. 
As things get a bit more sophisticated, you can have weightings and KPIs and things like that that people need to beat, but that can kind of happen down the line. Um, with a contractor, again, you want to be really clear about what you need them to be doing to make sure that you can hold them to account. Um, if you're going to not want to pay them for something, then that needs to be quite clear what you needed them to be doing in the first place. Policies, probably more of an employee thing, but it's also worth having some policies that your contractors are covered by. Um, being a worker is kind of a broad, um, all-encompassing term that covers your contractors and your employees. And there's certain things that as a, a business owner, you're responsible for either of those workers while they're at work. Things like um, bullying and harassment, discrimination, sexual harassment, those kind of things, as the, the kind of the employer of the worker, you're responsible for providing a safe workplace for those people and making sure that that, that, that workplace is free of discrimination, bullying, sexual harassment, those kind of things, regardless of an employee or a contractor. Record keeping, fairly straightforward, making sure you've got all of the documents that you've got in a central place so that if you ever need to refer back, that's pretty easy to get to. Um, you need to be keeping your employee records for five years at least. Induction, again, is kind of just covering off on all of the bits and pieces similar to what we did tonight. Here's the toilets, here's the exits, this is how we work here, this is when you're going to be paid, um, this is what you need to do if there's um, a hazard that you identify or if there's an incident. Um, all of those kind of things is, is kind of just that standard induction. Again, it can get quite sophisticated with videos from the CEO, if you might be remote and different things that might happen um, through that process, but the basics around particularly the safety side of things is really important. Which goes nicely into workplace health and safety. And so the, again, that kind of safe workplace that you need to be providing as a, as a business owner is an important thing to consider when you're bringing people into your workplace, whether that's your home or whether that's the, the, the um, other homes that you're working from, you're responsible for them while they're in that space. Workers' compensation and superannuation are interesting things to consider when you're looking at employees and contractors and a lot of people think that contractors are not um, that you don't need to pay super or cover their workers compensation just because they're a contractor that's often not the case particularly when there's that kind of blurred line between are they an employee or a contractor um, there's quite a few situations where super needs to be paid to contractors and where your workers' compensation should cover those contractors as well. So again, that's something if you think that might be relevant to you, let's chat about that as well. And then the culture side of things, again, this is the stuff that is, the, the, I guess, the more fun stuff, the stuff that isn't just covering risk and, and kind of getting people to sign things and sign away their lives. Um, looking at making sure that, that what you do and who you are comes through in your recruitment process so that you're really getting the right people. They know what you're all about, particularly if it's your first employee. I think being really open with people to say, you're my first employee or you're potentially my first employee. This is how I expect things to work, but I haven't had an employee before. So we need to be pretty flexible and you need to be um, kind of bringing somebody on board that's, that's open to that flexibility. If they've come from a corporate job and they've come from a, t a team of 100 people to coming to be a first employee, they're probably going to struggle a little bit with that adjustment. So being really open and, and just communicating that that's the case there. 
Again, onboarding and induction, um, once we've covered off, I guess, the compliance side of things, then we can have a lot of fun with that. And again, like bringing out your culture, showing you who you are. Um, for the Foxy guys, that could be kind of showing some of the videos that you guys have done or having them look at some of the podcasts, get a bit of an idea of who all the personalities are and what they're kind of getting into. Position descriptions, again, it's kind of that next step up of really talking about how are you going to contribute to this team? What does a successful day look like? Um, how are you going to be able to contribute to what we're doing and how does that link to the bigger picture of the business is kind of that step up from just this is the bare minimum of the things that we need you to do. Um, communication and feedback, again, we all, <laughs> love to hate feedback. I think everyone kind of says, oh, I really want some feedback and it would be great to get feedback, but really we all want positive feedback. <laughs> we don't really want to hear the stuff where it's like, oh, this is what you need to fix and this is how you need to be better. Um, but it's important to kind of build in those structures so that it, it makes it less daunting as a business owner for you to have those conversations. If you've got regular points where you're catching up with people, whether that might be a weekly coffee or a monthly check-in, um, to be able to have those points where you're, where you're chatting with your people, it gives you an opportunity to, to talk about some of those things. You don't have to kind of pull them up and bring them aside and, and have it awkwardly then. Rituals, traditions and celebrations. Again, this is the stuff that will probably just start to happen, but it's important that once they start to happen that you keep them happening. Um, I think probably the guys that have the bigger teams, you would know, kind of brings more people in, it changes things a little bit. You want to make sure that you, you continue to have the stuff that you've got that, that kind of makes you who you are, that people get kind of brought into that and, and um, play along, I guess, with that as well. Vision, purpose and values, pretty straightforward. Making sure everyone's pulling in the right direction, everyone knows why you're there, everyone's behaving in the right way and presenting um, how you want your business to be presented when they go out into the world. Reward and recognition, again, um, rewarding people for essentially doing the things that you want them to be doing um, and those going above and beyond once people are bought into what you're doing, really continuing that on. And training and development is, again, something that you can continue to, to incorporate into to what you do as you continue to grow and give people different opportunities to, to develop in different areas. Okay, so as I said, um, Deep dive, if you want to get in touch with me, I've set up a kind of online booking, very fancy. Um, so if you head to my website um, and slash property, um, there's kind of a direct link for all of you guys to jump in there. I might send that so it can be emailed out to people. Um, but you can jump in, book in, like it says, if you want me to come to you, it, I would always love to come out and, and check out what you guys have got going on. If you'd like to come into the city, I'm in at WeWork at Edward Street. Um, if you want to come in and check that out, definitely do. Or if it's easier to just do it by phone, then we can do that as well. Um, but any questions that you might have, definitely no kind of follow-up. You don't need to get into any kind of pipeline. It's just a, a check-in. If that's all you need, then that's great. I'm happy to help. So that's my social media. You can catch me on Instagram there. I'm going to be doing some IGTV soon, hopefully. <laughs> now, now that I put it out there, I have to. Um, but I would love to connect with you all. And if you've got any questions, I'll be around for a little bit as well. So thank you.